0: Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on July 5th, 2022 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a bit of a recap since we last spoke. We have updates from a few runoff races, reaction from inside and outside of the statehouse on the U.S. Supreme Court overturning abortion precedents, and the abortion law that is now in effect in South Carolina. In business, we look at new state unemployment data and the rollout of the final two cents of the state's gas tax, where that money goes. In medical, we have the latest on COVID sub variants taking over the country. Of course, we want to hear your stories, folks. That's why we have a voicemail box set up to hear from you guys 803 563 7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what you're up to these days. It's been a while since we've talked to some of you. We'd love hearing from you, folks. Uh, we can talk about things like the economy, obviously inflation still running high, gas prices are coming down a bit, and of course, it's summer drive time. Where are you driving to? I know you're probably listening to us in the car. Give us a call. Pull over. Give us a call. 803-563-7169. Maybe you're stuck in traffic like I was recently. Perfect time to call. Now, for the latest in South Carolina, currently the spread of COVID-19 is medium according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For the week ending June 25th, there were 10,654 cases, which is up 7.3% from the previous week. And there were five deaths as well, which is down 71%. There are 252 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19, up 10%, 36 are in intensive care, which is up 3%, and 12 are on ventilators. That's up a full 100% from the week before. Currently, 52.3% of eligible South Carolinians are now fully vaccinated. And that number includes residents as young as six months. So we'll back down. Three days after the US Supreme Court voted six to three to overturn nearly 50 years of abortion precedence in the country. South Carolina's restrictive six-week abortion ban took effect. The legislation was signed into law early last year, but had been in the courts since then and never went into effect. That is, until June 27th. Now, it is illegal to obtain an abortion in the state once cardiac activity can be detected by a transvaginal ultrasound. This can occur at around six weeks when most women don't realize that they're pregnant. The only other exceptions are for rape, incest, fetal anomalies, or threats to the health of the mother. Now, under current law, medical personnel now have to notify law enforcement if a woman seeks an abortion because she was a victim of rape or incest. With this now in effect, Charleston County Sheriff Kristen Graziano issued a statement to clarify how her department will handle this information, saying in part, quote, I want the public to know that while these providers are now mandated by law to send us these reports, regardless of the will of their patients, we will not contact the patient if she doesn't want us to. We will offer our support and investigative services only if they request it, quote. But on June 24th, the day of the Supreme Court ruling in the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, more than 150 people gathered outside of the South Carolina Statehouse to share their grief, stories, and to unite in fighting for rights that just hours before women across the country enjoyed. Rain Capers, a 21-year-old dance studies major at Columbia College, said she initially was in shock when the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the nearly 50-year abortion precedent and it brought to the surface past traumas. With the ruin, she continues to see an America that doesn't recognize her, but she will still fight for change at the state level. Here's Rain Capers.
1: I am a queer, black, female. I have always felt like a second-class citizen, and over and over again, America just shows me how much they do not care about me. I have never felt valued in this country on a, on a grand scheme. It's never, and it, it continues to hurt. I'm not, I'm not numb to it, but it's an ongoing feeling that I've always experienced. Yeah. I try to feel my feelings about it, and it's really important for me not to lose hope, because I can get into a cycle of hopelessness and a cycle of negative thought, but it's really important for me to remind myself that there's always something that I can do. And so what I did today, I came to the rally. What I'm gonna to do tomorrow is call my legislators. You know, so it's just important to remember and remind yourself of what you're capable of. That, that you don't deserve the things that are happening to you. That is also a really important reminder that I had to remind myself of. Just because it's normal, just because it's normalized doesn't mean that it's something that I deserve.
0: Natasha duran moulton a disabled 11-year Air Force veteran who lives in Lexington, held a sign saying they won't stop here at the Statehouse abortion rights rally on Friday. This was just hours after the U.S. Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe. She said if politicians are as pro-life as they say they are, then they need to back it up with policy and funding decisions.
2: So they won't stop here. Uh, Justice Clarence Thomas has already come out saying that he's going for contraceptives and same-sex marriage next. You know, they're going off historic precedent. And what does historic precedent mean? It means less rights for women and minorities. It means going back to the good old days where we aren't allowed to vote, we aren't allowed to have a say, where we're not allowed to marry who we love. And that's an issue. You know, so this is only the start. I was angry. You know, like I said, so I'm an 11 year Air Force veteran. This isn't the country I fought for. These are not the rights that I fought to keep intact. You know, so I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed and I'm angry. Honestly, if you're pro-life, then you also need to be pro-contraceptive. You need to be pro-maternity leave. You need to be pro-paternity leave. You need to be pro-social welfare. You need to be pro-education. And you need to get people the health care that they need in order to ensure that they don't get pregnant if they don't want to. So a lot of that's education, comprehensive sex education, and getting out there and helping people to live healthy lives, which is, they're not doing that right now. So it's not, this isn't a pro-life thing. This is a forced birth thing. This is a power. This is, this is a forced birth thing. This is a power move.
0: On the State House grounds this week, in the Blatt Building specifically, an ad hoc committee of House members will begin hearing testimony as they work to craft an even more restrictive abortion law than what's already on the books. While the language for H5399 hasn't been written yet, the Abortion Ad Hoc Committee chairman, Greenwood Republican John McCravey, told reporters that he supports a total abortion ban with no exceptions which is what Governor Henry McMaster vowed support for as well. Here's McCravy from June 15th. I'm very excited about it. You can imagine um, I've got, I've had uh, people that helped me getting together all the bills from all across the country that have been filed, all the different trigger laws, all the different um, uh, total bans, all the different uh, types of exceptions and these kind of things. And so I'm going through those right now. I've got a notebook, it's about that thick. I said four or five inches, but I don't think it's four or five inches, but it's at least three inches thick of nothing but legislation. So I'm already working on it. I know the members are, too, and we're very excited to get to work on it. Meanwhile, senators aren't expected to hold hearings until after Labor Day, though the chamber's top proponent, Anderson Republican Senator Richard Cash, has already filed legislation that would only allow for abortions to remove a dead fetus or end an ectopic pregnancy. It would also prohibit anyone under 18 from leaving the state for an abortion. In 2021, women under 19 account for 568 of the 6,279 abortions in the state. That total number did jump 15% from the year before, according to a new DHEC report. 6,279 abortions were performed in 2021, with 48% of them being performed up to six weeks of gestation. But 51% of abortions, or 3,223 pregnancies in the state, happened between seven and 13 weeks. Under current South Carolina law, terminating those pregnancies is now illegal. Okay, we're gonna take a little pivot here and go back to those election runoff races, some follow-up here for y'all. In the Superintendent of Education race, Ellen Weaver defeated Kathy Manis to secure the Republican nomination. Weaver, who has the backing of several conservative groups and lawmakers, will face off against Democratic educator Lisa Ellis, who created the SC4Ed group. Berkeley County Representative Crystal Matthews defeated Katherine Fleming-Bruce and will face Senator Tim Scott in November. Matthews has been mired in controversy following the disclosure of a conversation between her and an inmate by the controversial right-wing activist group, Project Veritas. Several media outlets reported that Matthews appears to be supporting accepting drug money for campaign donations, vandalizing opponents' campaign signs, running Democrats as Republicans, and receiving campaign donations from one person but under the guise of others' names to skirt campaign finance laws. Matthews said that the entire conversation was tongue-in-cheek. Authorities are investigating the leaked audio between her and David Solomon Ballard, who is serving a 14-year sentence at Perry Correctional Institution. And one Democratic Statehouse primary was won by a margin of just 35 votes. Lake City's representative Roger Kirby defeated Williamsburg's Caesar McKnight for the District 101 seat. Kirby's District 61 seat was consolidated into 101 under the new redistricting map. Both Democrats were first elected in 2014. Okay, let's start off business with a read on the state's economy. And one of the best ways to do that is to check our unemployment rate. It's like checking the oil. You pick out the dipstick and we see where that's at. And we do that by looking at the State Department of Employment and Workforce, which reported that May unemployment remained unchanged at 3.3%, with more than 2.3 million people employed or some 73,000 more than before the pandemic. It's like unchanged. It's like we can't go any lower. Do Executive Director Dan Elsey said in a statement, quote, at the same time that we have had all these gains, South Carolina now has the highest number of job openings posted in SC Works Online Services in recorded history with more than 114,000 postings. And average wages are essentially the same, down three cents from April. So a lot of jobs out there with high wages. Unemployment was up in every county, however, with Marble leading at 6.6%, which is up 0.6% from April. And Saluda came in at 2.4%, which was up 0.3%. We'll get some more insight on the state of the national economy Friday when the June jobs numbers come out. More data. There's data. Now let's zoom out here to some nationwide data. That's right, the real gross domestic product, that's GDP, decreased at an annual rate of 1.6% in the first quarter of 2022, according to the third estimate released by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. You may remember we've been talking about these estimates every time they come out, so this is the third time I'm revising the GDP for you folks. Now, for comparison, in the fourth quarter of 2021, real GDP increased 6.9%. And this third estimate of GDP released today is based on more complete source data than were available for the second estimate issued last month. In the second estimate, the decrease in real GDP was 1.5%. So again, we're at 1.6. Now, this update primarily reflects a downward revision to personal consumption expenditures. So people... This is on you.
3: Oh brother,
4: this guy stinks!
0: Now talking about spending money, the state's 12 cent gas tax increase is in full effect. Gas tax is in effect. That's right, I remember when it was first passed like it was yesterday. Well, not really, it was really a drawn out process with long senate debate and detailed project lists and years and years of debate. But, now here we are. And on every gallon of gas you buy, there is a 28.75 cent gas tax. This generates around $910 million annually, and that is allocated to county transportation committees. They focus on a lot of local projects, a lot of local road paving, also to SCDOT. And then the money also goes to the State Infrastructure Bank, which funds massive infrastructure projects in the state. Now, we're halfway into SCDOT's initial 10 year plan, and so far, 713 miles of rural roads have become safer. 5,500 miles have been repaved, 224 bridges have been upgraded and 80 miles of interstate have been improved. The agency plans to double all these accomplishments over the next five years and will start incorporating projects that deal with growth and economic development needs as well. And it's able to do a lot of this also, not because it's just the gas tax, but due to substantial federal and state funding, approved by Democrats in Congress and a bipartisan effort in Columbia to boost funding to accelerate massive interstate widening projects on Interstate 26 between Columbia and Charleston and Interstate 95 at the Georgia border. Now, while gas prices did go up 2 cents on July 1st with that full gas tax increase we were talking about, the full 12-cent phase-in, overall, gas prices continued to decline in the state and in the country. Donkey sauce. Right now, the average gallon of gas in South Carolina is $4.29 a gallon, which is a good chunk below the $4.80. That's the national average, according to AAA. Now, we did see an 11-cent drop week over week. And currently, South Carolina has the lowest gallon price average in the country. But Georgia is close behind at $4.30 a gallon. And that's with their gas tax suspended. Hmm. So gas prices coming down a little bit, road funding going up, hopefully things will work out. Speaking of travel as we go out, Axios reports that a pandemic-era record number of people took to the skies over July 4th weekend. That's right, despite the predictions of a hellish few days for air travel. Nearly 2.5 million people passed through airport security checkpoints Friday. That's the most since February 2020. 2.2 million were screened Saturday and 2.1 million on Sunday. Were you one of them? Let us know. Tell us about your summer travels at 803-563-7169. Take us with you. The lead fits in any overhead compartment. Now we have a quick medical update for you, and we're going to take a look at the current COVID situation in the country. The Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security reports that community transmission in the United States is now being driven by the Omicron BA.5 and BA.4 sublineages, which together are now more prevalent than the BA.2.12.1 sublineage. You remember all that? Yeah, Omicron, baby. Now, BA.4 and 5 were first detected in South Africa in November 2021, and they are now fueling a worldwide increase in cases. Additionally, hospitalizations are on the rise in Israel, Portugal, South Africa, the UK, and the United States. The increases in case and hospitalization numbers are likely due to the fact that BA.4 and BA.5 contain mutations that are believed to aid in immune evasion. It's just the nature of the beast, folks. Now, this means that prior infection with an earlier Omicron strain, such as BA.1 from winter 2022, you might remember that, might not be enough to protect against the disease. BA.4 and 5 are also capable of escaping some immunity from vaccines, but vaccinated individuals still tend to fare better than those relying on natural immunity alone. It is increasingly likely that more individuals will start experiencing reinfections as well. So be on the lookout, folks. Keep getting tested out there if you feel any symptoms. There are concerns that multiple reinfections could put individuals at a higher risk for health problems, but research on the matter is ongoing. And an interesting story on the way out here, one um, that's almost kind of too weird to believe, but comes from the journal Emerging Infectious Diseases, about a case report from Thailand of a veterinarian who was diagnosed with COVID-19 after treating and being sneezed on by a domestic cat owned by a person infected with COVID-19 at the time. So cat sneezed on veterinarian. Now the genetic analysis supports this hypothesis that viral transmission occurred from the owner to the cat and then from the cat to the veterinarian. Now note this, the doctor was wearing an N95 mask during the cat's examination, leading the researchers to postulate that her eyes were left vulnerable to infection when the cat sneezed in her face, highlighting the importance of face shields or goggles in addition to masks to prevent transmission. Watch out for those feline sneezes. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're talking about life during the pandemic, and we want to hear your stories as well. Just because it's summer does not mean you can take a break from calling, folks. I know we were off last week. (laughs) I know we were off last week. I say that with a full full awareness there but you don't st- get that time off i'm just <laughs> telling uh, you and to go
4: i'm coming out i'm saying it you don't
0: get that time you off don't. i'm sorry I'm someone sorry. has to work here okay so do your part give us a call give us a shout 803-563-7169 like i said we love hearing from folks especially with their summer travels Uh, What's new with maybe jobs changing, inflation raging, gas prices coming down a little bit, but still. There are a lot of variables out there. A lot of things happening. I want to know what everyone's thinking, what they're saying. Uh, Are they talking about me? Are they talking about us? Are they talking about us? us? Uh, We're interested, okay? We're very vain. We almost have the technology to eavesdrop. It's very close. I'm just kidding. We totally do. (laughs) (laughs) Super expensive, though. But uh, AT, that being said, maybe someone did give us a call over a little sabbatical there. <laughs> well, I got to say, it didn't come in over that time. Mm. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it is an old one, and okay. it is my last old one, so please call in, uh, or you'll just have to listen to us talk more, which I know you hate. Yes. So, <laughs> with that threat in mind, here is that last call, a uh, frequent caller. We love him for it. Okay, you ready, Gavin?
0: Yes. Okay,
4: here we go. And firing now.
0: And kaboom. My hand is blown off.
3: Hey, guys. I want to thank you for all of your great coverage of the elections. Uh, this is Ben from Greenville, uh, just sharing my appreciation to you. Um, the other day, I was listening to Five Thirty Eight podcast, a regular podcast I listen to, and I was really excited. They were going to talk about South Carolina, and at some point, I just shut it off. And I said, I'm learning absolutely nothing from these guys that I didn't learn from the SC." Lead. So thank you so much for your great coverage. Uh, AT, if you're looking for something to talk about, have you guys been to Lizard's Thicket? There's no Lizard's Thicket up here in Greenville. That's a southern restaurant chain kind of restaurant that used to eat at in the Columbia area. And uh, what I want to know is if you've been there, what, quote, vegetables do you choose? Uh, so I'd be interested to know that if you have been there. Well, you guys take care. Thanks for your fantastic coverage. Appreciated the podcast. Have a great day,
0: ah, uh, Ben. Always terrific hearing from you and those kind words. I mean, my guy's always just lavishing the praise. <laughs> but like when you get that about you know comparing our coverage, and that's the difference, folks, when you get that state, that local coverage, that news you can get, really only from outlets within the state on the ground here. Um, that's the difference. That's where you really learn the difference between the state and the national folks. They have a lot to cover, so I understand that they have to be a bit broader. But we have the luxury of drilling down, Give honing some more in, details. laser yeah. focused.
4: And uh, Ga- I, I mean, Ben, thank you for calling, first of all. And also, uh, you can tell Gavin enjoyed this because he's kicked
0: his feet up. I got okay. my my feet kicked up. Well, we were talking predominantly when I when I tape the podcast. I few people know this that I'm typically <laughs> laying fully horizontal. He <laughs> sees
4: all the way down. Yes, we've we've. There's an elaborate mic rigging. There are many pulleys. <laughs> in the studios that uh, I I I he doesn't even move himself. I, I, I move him <laughs> and cue his page turns and I get him right on mic. I have these glasses where I can keep my head flat and look down. It shoots at a 90 degree
0: angle. And honestly, it's the only way I can operate. Because <laughs> chairs, as I've told you before, are just basically prisons. M- they're prisons for my body. Yes. They're modern day torture devices. Yes, of course. Yes. And I'm I'm leaning back now because the pain has just been insufferable. <laughs> anyway, Ben, thank you so much for calling. And uh that uh, wasn't that was an off mic conversation joke that we were a bit we. Got
4: we we've got, had to got bring a lot on of in. jags that we go through to just get ready to record these episodes. Anyway, it takes a lot. Uh, well, funny. You should ask about Lizard's Thick. Great prompt. I also call it Lizard's Gizzard for no reason <laughs> other than it rhymes. And um, <laughs> but uh, we
0: haven't been. We,
4: we've been we been together. We've been together because I had never Years been. Ago. And the Russ McKinney oh my was gosh. incensed we by were... this fact. And uh, there's a uh, Meg. Kennard could call in and a lot of people are upset by things i haven't eaten in life but um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway so was russ, treat, russ had heard that i had never been to lizards thicket and so he made gavin and i didn't make us we we all decided we were yes. going to go out for lunch one day mm-hmm. and so gavin what what did you have what size did you okay, have
0: okay so when ben talked about this i was talking, you know meeting three love it you know having worked in mm-hmm. uh the pd area too it's a lot of, a good staple we fencing good places that can do it well lizards thicket great so um, my one of my favorite meats in the South is Chicken fried steak or country fried steak, I really do not know the difference, but I will I will order either. <laughs> he and if loves I look it. at if I look at the, the menu, he it says, it. chicken fried steak is Texas style, crispy fried beef steak covered with our special white gravy. Uh-huh. Country fried steak is comfort food, uh, okay. southern style. Go on. Simmered yes. in brown gravy and onions. And now that I read that, I'm pretty sure I had country fried steak. Clear as day. And so I had that. You know, it's it's just very basic, but it just sounds good. to tastes good. And I had my vegetables... I believe I had fried okra. Yeah. Has something else to be fried on that plate. Um, (laughs) Collard greens and either mac and cheese or butter beans.
4: I remember that uh, someone told me to get the fried chicken there, so I got fried chicken. Mm -hmm. And then I had collards, of course. Collards are great. And I had lima beans and green beans. So I, I had a lot of greens on there.
0: We have to go back. (laughs) <laughs> I'm hungry now for some country-style cooking. Yeah, it was pretty good. It's it's strange, though.
4: I will say that when I first moved down here, some of the people I was first getting to know who are, who are now my very good friends, they were like, oh, have you ever had Lizard's Thicket? Uh, and Caitlin and I, we both looked at the menu, and we would not have eaten anything mm. eight years ago. Not a single thing. Sure. And now, when I go through it eight years later, boop, 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 boop. I'll eat
0: just about everything on yeah. that menu. That's how, uh, yeah. that's how southernified I've become. So I lived in the, the the thing that Ben's bringing up too is that the Lizards Thicket is only was pretty much only in the Midlands. And when I was working in Florence from 2011 to 2015, they opened the first non-Columbia area Lizards Thicket in Florence. Love that. And it was just you know anything new anywhere, especially a restaurant, people would just go bonkers. Mm-hmm. So I got my fill there. Got it down here, but there is my favorite meat and three in the state. I can say this definitively. Okay, is Jules Deluxe Restaurant in Darlington, right on the square there, across from the, across from the courthouse. Oh my God! You get a little piece of paper. You write down what you want. Oh, you've taken. I. You, it sounds to me
4: that you've taken to the southern eating lifestyle a little bit more than I have. Correct. And um talking about things that I don't eat or I think is wrong. That is very Southern. I got in a huge argument with my friends. What? At the bar. What? what? You? What? <laughs> uh, because what? they were talking about Hardee's, right? And I mm. have, I've never had Hardee's. Yeah. And uh, then we got into them talking about Hardee's biscuits being very good. Okay. Sure. And I said, I can't get down with chicken biscuits. In, and something that is just completely foreign to me is fried chicken for breakfast, and I just do not believe that fried chicken is a breakfast
0: meat. How many more years until we can fix that? <laughs> I just well, yeah, I, you're thinking sausage and gravy and biscuits. That's that's yeah. that's what you think. I need yeah. a I need a pork product because yeah, that uh, a, a, a chicken biscuit is tells me lunch all, at a minimum.
4: <laughs> all I know is that yes, chicken is uh, fried chicken is a is a lunch. Yeah. At, at, at a start and can be dinner and uh, my friends I could say were incensed
0: by it of course this. well did you tell them that you've never had a Bojangles biscuit too I've never had, I mean, had Bojangles you, you're, you're really deficient in the biscuit <laughs> we need to fix that that is the summer that's what we're gonna do we're gonna fix your biscuit deficiency. I've also
4: I, let's just come clean I've never had a Big Mac mm-hmm. I've never had a Whopper I've just not had these things. We, I'm I'm basically an un-American man
0: here. Well, we can do that. We've we've known that, but I think with the biscuits <laughs> one that might be a little more attainable. I think, but I do love when I go to Bojangles. I get those two sausage biscuits. Oh, bull, 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 but see, bull.
4: I I think that would be fine because those are those are pork
0: things yeah. in the morning. And I will say, then I did get like the chicken fillet one, and I was like, whoa, this is this is a honking piece. Yes, it was. <laughs> Amazing. Love I love when I have to travel for work because I get to justify getting Bojangs for myself. Uh, it's the best little treat. I don't tell many people this, but I'm telling
4: you guys this. I gotta tell you this though, Gavin. And I think you might you might this might open up fried chicken for you in the morning. Because um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, I, when I crack up my deep fryer in the it, morning. It, my, my friend Jesse, his argument against mine it, it, my anti-fried chicken in the morning take is that white meat is for the morning. Dark meat is for later in the day. Of course. Okay,
0: so. Like wearing a tuxedo to dinner. (laughs) Exactly,
4: exactly. My
0: God, man, why are you so underdressed? Please, Dinner. (laughs) Anyway, if any of this has bothered you (laughs) at all. Yeah, can I just tell you the Hardee's thing, though? I've never really been to a Hardee's either. I know it is a gathering place for so many people, though. People swear by. It's a hub. You know, there's this one on Rosewood here, and I always see every other day or whenever I pass by it during lunch. It is like every Postal worker in the area, <laughs> they're all parked out there. Or some other times you see like Casa One. I mean, there's always people <laughs> congregating at the Hardee's. I don't know what makes them so good, but they got they got to unlock. But I'm more of a like I said Bojangles type. You look, you can tell just by looking at you. If you need to go and do a man on the street of a local voter. At a local diner, you <laughs> the the hard- <laughs> Local diner. <laughs> I'm here at this diner in South Carolina. Sir, so this is a Hardie's. <laughs> anyway, take it out, Gavin. All right, folks. Well, call us if you're eating fast food right now or a biscuit. Please finish chewing your food before you call because I do not want to be held liable for anyone choking. Uh, but if you can do both, give us a call. We'd love hearing from you guys. 803-563-7169. Thank you for calling Ben. Always loving hearing from Ben, too. Do it like Ben. Do your duty. Give us a call. And you can also leave us a review on iTunes if you don't want to call. We'd love that too. And stay up to date with the latest news on scetv.org and southcarolinapublicradio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Stand or lie. They say sitting's not good for you. It's just
4: as bad as smoking. That's why I stand or I have lie, to down. lie down. That's why I lie down. Oh, no, I maintain a complete flat back and neck. <laughs> oh, no, my back, no problems. I'm always <laughs> lying. I'm always lying. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I don't stand on my bed. No, no. no. Common,
0: common misconception. <laughs> <No>, oh, <laughs> I don't stand always. on it. No, no, it's what are the other fool? It's stand There are standing <laughs> desks, and then there are lie-flat desk beds.
4: A lot of people have a lot to learn. It's funny. A lot of people have a lot to learn. Some people laugh, but you got a lot to learn.
0: No, I'm still typing.